Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everybody. For my co-host, Randy Ford, this is Howard Fox, and we want to welcome you to another episode of the Success Insight podcast. Our guest today is Annette Rodriguez. Annie, as she likes to be called, is the author of Life Force, a young adult fantasy novel, which was published recently by Green Writers Press. Annie, welcome to the Success Insight podcast. Thank you. So Annie, before we get into Life Force and you telling us what the book is about and some of the messaging in the book, curious a little bit about your background. What led up to you wanting to pursue this little portion of your life? Because you've got a lot of things going on right now. But tell us a little bit about writing and how you came to write this really interesting fantasy novel. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I was, I still am, because I'm in school, a classic book nerd. I love to read I love to learn. I draw the line at studying. I think it's a little harder to get into. But it just lets me know that there's so much knowledge out there that we can't even begin to grasp. And the more we know, the more we realize what we don't know. So I kind of wanted to daydream and kind of pretend what is something was different. What is, for example, life force dwells on beings that have either supernatural abilities or magical powers. and I started to think about how different life would be if we had something special going on. But discovering this through my writing, the more different we want life to be, the more the same it is. We still have responsibilities. We still have bills to pay. So I kind of wanted to convey that in my writing, not just in this book that came many years after my passion, but it's my baby. So well, the most <laughs> Most definitely. And I kind of equate writing a book to birthing a baby, but I think that your, your context and my context is a little bit different. I read in the notes that you actually started to do a little bit of writing when you were like in the fifth grade. I don't even remember how old that is, probably in your teens or early teens. But <laughs> about how, 10. About 10. What were you writing back then? Is it anything in particular? Well, I think I was gravitating towards the classic fairy tale theme. I was crazy about Disney characters. I saw every movie. I read every book. I love audiobooks, but they were a little creepy. As a writer, I have a very active imagination. So the witch's voice kind of linger on my back of my head and I would have nightmares. So I stuck to books. And, you know, the, my first books were like Boy Meets Girl, Girl Falls in Love, Happily Ever After, or something like a cop that wants to pursue a really bad criminal and she finally gets him. So kind of cliches. And it, while it was good practice, I knew, of course, not in the fifth grade, you think your work's perfect. But I had I had it criticized. So it was a, a rude awakening for me to say, you know, you could do this better. It's like, okay. <laughs> now was the rude awakening, was this a teacher, a mentor, or just a friend? Because in human development, those kinds of rude awakenings can can be very impactful even into our adult life. But whatever that rude awakening was, you took that and continued to evolve your writing to the point you've got this novel out there. Well, some of my teachers read it and I think they just took it as like, give me an A for effort. 
but this was a contact of of my father's. He, he he was a journalist. He used to write for a newspaper. It's like I gotta hand it to you. You got a really active imagination, but you gotta tighten it up. When the writers do stream of consciousness, you write a lot. That was kind of like my problem. And, he still is actually my editors I love them but I think I learned to because I stopped writing for a while everybody gets disappointed for critiques when your work's not perfect and I was a perfectionist and still I'm working on that so I, I guess it's just it didn't leave me alone it was just something that I really wanted to do. So it's like, you got to work on it. Well, good. I mean, that that's important. I mean, it, part of our own personal power and resilience and success orientation is to take other people's feedback. I mean, we, we don't necessarily have to agree with it. Hopefully it was given in the spirit of, you know, love and wanting you to succeed, but to be able to take that feedback and take the pieces that you can learn from it and continue to develop your writing. How did you end up with the, in this adult fantasy realm? I mean, you you talked a little bit about fairies in the early stages, you know, when you were really young, but how did you kind of land on this adult fantasy genre? I think I I was raised a Catholic and it was very ironic for me because I wasn't allowed to see the really, the strong movies that take the spiritual level a little farther. And one of those movies was Underworld. Kate Beckinsale was on it. I watched it about three years after it was released. I was a senior in high school and I was like, I am big. I can watch what I want. And it really inspired me to see that the way that the director played with the characters, it was like they had real problems. It wasn't something like dark, like to an extent, yeah, it was a dark gothic atmosphere, but it made her, it made their, the main character seem like a person. And I think that that's something I wanted to peel away as I was writing. Like we react adversely to everything that's different from us that we're not used to. And so I wanted to, breathe some acceptance and tolerance, you know, just because they look strange doesn't mean they're bad people. Now in life force do the protagonist. So you've got the, the heroine, if that's what you would call her, the hero, she has a problem. She needs help. And you've got the, the mentors, the guides along the way. Is this totally just a fantasy realm or is there kind of like a semi human element to this where there are they are mixing and it's not your typical vampire's going to bite you on the neck wolf's going to tear you apart on a full moon or are they living and existing somewhat side by side well they are i wanted to get some real life themes in there um as a teenager i was very I, I guess every teenager is dramatic. I was no different. And I just wanted to convey that. It's like, that's part of your life. And magic, you know, makes it better or worse. You be the judge, I guess. But I wanted to see their human side. It's like, you know, there is family and there is friendship. And I guess powers don't really equate to that. And a mentor figure is something that I really value as a person. So I just wanted people to know, it's like, you can have somebody special in your life that maybe you do not always agree with, but you know, they got your back. Right, right. So who are your readers and who are the folks that are going to want to learn more about this type of novel? Actually, it's interesting. I started Life Force, a little bit of a new adult novel for people like in college, because my characters are not in high school. And that is something that you expect 
from uh, young adult novels. Like they're in high school, it's their drama. It's like I can appeal to younger audiences, but high school is something that either is being done or I don't want to do it. So I guess Life Force has been interesting in the fact that, yes, I, I expect audiences from 13 on to like the book, primarily girls, because it, it dwells into the romance part and the drama part. But I've had a lot of adults actually gravitate to it too, because it does offer some parental almost parental relationships mm -hmm. now with the the character she's 16 years old what is her struggle i mean we, we can obviously go out to amazon and, and and onto your website and learn more about the book and, and the other sites that have highlighted your book but what is the message and this change it has to, or insight transformation that needs to be overcome for this character in order to come out the other end more, whether it's powerful, confident, self-assured. What is that journey for her? What is she, what's she looking for? I think that we, she, obviously she's very close to me. She's my character, but it's, it's a fear of failure. She, she thinks that she can never measure up to her friends, to her mom. And she really thinks that she's got to do a lot of things herself. And I think that we, as a society, expect the American dream. You pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But it's like, well, family, it's all you have. And if you can't lean on them, whether it's biological or family you create, then what are we living for almost? So it's a fear of failure to overcome her confidence problems. It's like a lot of teenagers and young adults are finding themselves and worried that they might not be good enough. And I was in their shoes. So I wanted to write about that and say it gets better. So ultimately, she's struggling with the, the sphere of failure and to overcome that. She has this do-it-yourself, well, I can do it. And in order to succeed, I have to be the one that does it. But ultimately, the lesson for her is that she doesn't have to be perfect. She can rely on her family or friends to help her along the way. Is that is, is would that be a correct? That's a very correct assessment, sir. <laughs> yep. Oh my God! I think now I'm totally going to get into this book. I can I can tell you that. <laughs> so, what has been the reaction to the book? I mean, amongst your family, and you know, you shared a little bit of uh, an anecdote regarding a coworker. Let's talk about you're the author in the family. You're the author in the friendship circle. So, how are your family and friends reacting? I've got we got an author in a house. Well, my parents are both very supportive. My mother has read the book twice, <laughs> which is weird because it's her English is not her first language, but I'm having it translated right now and she's helping me out. So yay. Yeah, I was surprised because I'm in law school right now and you see it painted in the media as this big competition. It's like, who's a better lawyer or who's a better law student? And I'm very surprised to see that they've been very supportive of my endeavors. They think it's really cool. They want to know more. They want to recommend it to their friends. And it's like, yay! <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Now, the, some of your peers, your coworkers that have actually read the book, what have been their comments to you about it? I'm mostly very positive. You mentioned one of my colleagues at work. It was actually my supervising attorney who will probably listen to this podcast. So, hello. I love you. <laughs> Good. We can give him a shout out. Yes. Hi, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, she is a fantastic attorney. But as a lot of overwork, overstressed people do, they 
really carefully select what they want to read because they're reading cases all day. You know, if, if they want to read for leisure, it better be good. Of course. So I told her in passing that I had written a book and she's not a fiction person. She loves the Harlem Renaissance, a lot of biography, but not a fiction person. So I said, you know, it's okay if it's not your type of book. I'm just telling you. And she's like, oh, no, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to read it. And she read it on a weekend, you know. And we spent a ride in the car discussing it and she loved it. And I was very flattered. A person like that, capable, amazing, that doesn't read fiction. And one of her first works of fiction is mine. And she loved it. And she's a very much an adult. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And I'm curious now is, given the experience, I mean, you've been writing since you were early teen, 10 years old, and now an accomplished writer. I, I do know that there's a sequel plan, and we, let's talk about that in a second. But I am curious, now that you've accomplished this, and by the way, just in the spirit of full disclosure, I can't believe you're writing. You're also in law school. It's like, I don't have much hair left, but I, whatever it was, I'd be pulling it out. You're just, you're very busy, but how are you promoting the book? Are you doing any readings? Are you going to bookstores and, or other podcasts? How are you promoting the book? Well, yes, I've been to another podcast is this podcast will change your life. And Mostly through social media. I mean, I went to bookstores close to my hometown, in my hometown. They, they were very forthcoming about it, very welcoming. Just bring samples of the book, but it's it's been mostly through social media because I guess everybody's busy, including myself. So my publisher has been very gung-ho about it. It's like, you know, we'll work with your schedule. We'll, we'll do what is necessary. Yes. And I mean, she says the book is selling and... Word of mouth, especially if you live in a small town, is very powerful. Yes, it is. And sometimes I just don't even realize that. It's like, I don't have time to do this, so I'll do this instead. It's like, your friends do most of the work for you. It's like, thank you. You know that your character, Jillian, could take a lesson from that, from you. Is you know, you're, That's what your friends and family are there for. I mean, they, we want the best, and they're there to help you. I'm curious, now that the book has been published, it's out, what has been your lesson learned? What do you know now as a result of coming out the end of this process of, of birthing the book, seeing it out there, it's being consumed, read? What's been the big lesson learned for you? I think editors are a big plus, not just because a publisher might want to have something different with your vision, but I stuck to my guns and I'm glad I did. But the editor is like, okay, I understand you want this, but this sounds a little this or a little that, that my understanding is not the same as theirs. And as they're perceiving it, is the public that will read it will probably perceive it the same way because they're looking at it through a different lens. I'm too close to it. I'm biased. It's my baby. I love it. I think it's perfect. And they're like, well, hold on. It could be more perfect if. So I learned very early to respect their opinion and to say, you know, what do you suggest? What can we do to make it better? What suggestion would you give to another young aspiring writer if they wanted to write a book? If you could give one piece of advice, I mean, you just described, you know, the, the, the value of the editor and the publisher, but is there any other advice you would give to an aspiring writer? Two things. One, finish your book. A lot of people that start writing, start dreaming about publishing very early and kind of sort of neglect their book. 
it has to be finished. When I first walked to my publisher, I made it very clear that the end was not nearly as I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be perfect. And it was just the most grueling month in my life just to make that perfect. So finish it. You have a finished product to show. And second of all, stick to your vision. You know, a lot of people say this might be better if you do this or this might be better if you do that. But that vision is you. And I think that uh, an author that is unique is better than an author that maybe rehashes a formula just because it works. Sure, sure. And that's important. I mean, even in the in the coaching realm, we talk about coaching versus giving advice. Advice only works for the person who's giving the advice. Whereas feedback, hopefully feedback is given in, in the spirit of an opportunity to grow and in, in, in great insight. Definitely. I like the idea of finish the book and stick to your vision. Now we've just barely finished the celebration of getting the book out there. You're working on the sequel now to the book. Yes, I am. It was kind of like an understanding between the publisher and and I, I, I really wanted to make a trilogy of books, but he said in his infinite wisdom, if we can make a series, that's great, but make a book that stands on its own, that you don't leave the cliffhanger. So it falls better. And if if it doesn't work out by for whatever reason, you'll still have that to stand on. But it was an understanding that, you know, this is what I'm going to do with my editors and publishers is like, oh, well, if she wants to do it, she's going to do it. It's like, yes, so I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. So right now, given you're, you are in law school and you have, you have the rigor of getting through your program and everything that goes into passing the bar and putting your shingle somewhere, <laughs> are you able to work on it consistently or is it just doing background notes and research on it right now? I'm about 30 pages on it. I, I feel like if you pick like 15 minutes, like even if it is once or twice a week, just 15 minutes over lunch or anything like that. It actually, writing relaxes me, so it makes me feel better. I perform better on my homework, and I feel great. So I feel that that is less overwhelming that, oh, you know, I can't do it, so I'll dedicate my entire Saturday to write. It's like, no, it's it's just not not doable at this point. You know, actually, I I love... That piece of advice, I mean, you, you've, you've now given three pieces, you know, finish the work, stick to your vision. And then rather than trying to say, okay, I'm going to stay home for the weekend, lock myself indoors and write, that not, doesn't work for you. It's to plan a little bit every day, 15 minutes a day. And those kinds of time blocks, I mean, there's there's studies that show that that's, that's very effective. And whether it's a specific time of the day, but you know, you know, you can't end your day until you put those 15 minutes in. That's wonderful. So with you and the work and the books and law school, where where are you going as a young professional with some really amazing accomplishments that one you have already and the ones that are coming up in your near future? What's Where are you going? What are you going to be doing? Well, I'm hoping I got into law school to be a health lawyer. I, uh, I have a background in public health and I love the research. But there's a lot of things that people with medical degrees don't have time to do, which is the research and the politics. And a lot of people with the politics that have time to do it don't have the medical background. So I'm trying to kind of bridge the gap into those. And I was lucky enough last summer to be working with family law. And I actually found it fit me, I guess, because everybody has a weird family member or weird this or weird that. And 
we love them. They're our family. So I found myself in my niche, so to speak, and they actually connect pretty well. So that's my goal as a lawyer to keep being a writer because that's my de-stressor and that's my outlet for me and for the world. And just tell people like whatever you want to do, just just keep pushing because there's obvious always I found it in the most unexpected of ways there's always someone that will help you and will lift you up when you least expect it so you know that that's actually I, I love that and, and I'm actually curious in in this journey that you've been on I mean you, you've, you've got a lot of folks that have crossed your paths are there some individuals in particular that have been wow where did that come from that's I'm so grateful you know that that Anybody in particular that you'd want to highlight, call out, describe? You don't want to embarrass them, but I think it's important when we do our work and we commit to it. We never know where those that that support's going to come from, and in the most unlikely places sometimes. Well, there's three that come to mind. My late mentor, his uh, his name was Joseph Orr, and he used to be a Mahoning County Corner. And I remember him teaching me to be curious, to be a student, to be a good politician, but just standing by your vision. And he was just a really great teacher and a really great sounding board, gone way too soon. May he rest in peace. There's another person, Dr. Cynthia Sutton, sociology department out of Teal College in Greenville, where, where I did my undergrad. She's been there for me like a hundred percent. Like when I said, I want to do this, or I said, this isn't working. Uh, she's always been very practical, very pragmatic. She's no nonsense, go do this now type of person. I need that in my life. Um, always there when when I need her. But there's a third person that I already shouted at her. Her name's Andrea Borton. She's a staff attorney at Community Legal Aid, and she doesn't like the publicity, so I apologize. Sorry. But she's <laughs> been amazing. It's like, you know, your first year in law school is a little crazy. You don't know what you're doing. You're getting into a swing of things, and then you're going into practice, and it's like you realize you don't know anything about anything. You're just going to smile there and, and hope that she teaches you something she's been really amazing and has really given my legal career as short as it is right now some real deeper meaning it's like I can wake up every morning and say this is what I want to do and I'm on my correct path and this is that's really priceless so that's that's why I embarrass her because I love her and I'm thankful (laughs) well that's fantastic so this is going to be set in stone and available forever now since it's going on the internet (laughs) listen I'm curious in the last few minutes we have together now you you have family are they here are they back in Puerto Rico you also have a twin sister as I recall yes I have a twin she's actually a surgical resident in York PA very gifted she has my book I don't I'm not sure if she has a chance to read it with being so crazy at the hospital but I hope she does my dad is still in Puerto Rico she, he has his own business and he takes care of his mother and he doesn't like the layering it's not so much the cold as the layering it's like no you cannot put a t-shirt and a coat on <laughs> that's not how it works and my mom is living with me it was kind of like a request i i made of her when i was in school well a couple of years ago i still am in school but uh, yeah <laughs> i was graduating from my undergrad with my student teaching degree and i didn't have time to do anything so i begged her to come here and kind of give me moral support so, yeah. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. 
That's wonderful. So I, I have no doubt that they're all proud of you and even your extended family as well. Annie, in the time we have together, what is the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your work? Where, where should they go? I have a Facebook page, Annie Rodriguez. Just search on Facebook, you'll find it. Or I have a website, it's still in development. So all of you graphic designers, just forgive me. I'm, I'm just not a visual person at all. I can play with words, but pictures and everything is, is my weakness. So it's AnnieRodriguezAuthor.com. Fantastic, yeah. And well, what we will do, Annie, is we will we'll put in our show notes, links back to your Facebook page, We'll put the links back to the website. And, and of course, you know, the book is available in n- numerous locations, but specifically uh, it's available on Amazon. And we will also provide the links back to the book as well. And it has been a, a pleasure to have you on the podcast to learn more about you and your work. And it is just no small feat to write a book, and especially one of this kind of genre where you've got different characters, you've got story, it's not a formula. And these are characters living their life. And to be able to put that down on paper the way you have. And, you know, who knows? Maybe there's going to be a movie based on the book. So there's maybe there's a screenplay in your in your future. You never know. You never know. That's right. Thank you so much for being on the Success Insight podcast. And before we go, and I know you've shared a lot of nuggets with us, but we have a feature. We call it a uh, insight to go. And it's really just, there's an idea, a quote, maybe you want to read a passage from the book, or there's some tip that you have that you would like to share with our listeners. What, what would that be for you? I think I've mentioned it already, but I cannot stress it enough. Look for and listen to mentors, people that want to help you succeed. They're there. You just have to look for them and express your interest because they'll push you so far and you've never knew the places you would go just for that little push so especially when we as a society social media it makes us feel so alone sometimes they're there just keep a lookout for them fantastic thank you so much for sharing that and and Annie, thank you again for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I'm sure you're going to go either spend 15 minutes writing or you've got to go do some studying. But <laughs> I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us on the Success Insight podcast. There you have it, folks. We have been chatting with Annie Rodriguez. She's the author of Life Force. It's a young adult fantasy novel. It's published by Green Writers Press. And we will provide the links back to the book on Amazon. We'll have that link uh, on our website. We'll also have a link to uh, Annie's website, which is AnnieRodriguezAuthor.com, as well as her Facebook page. And I, I love some of the podcasts like today is that, you know, that there's a story. We have authors who are creative. They have a vision and a passion for what they're doing. And this type of writing, it's a pleasure when it most definitely comes through and we get to learn about it. And I hope, you know, if there's anybody in your life, some young adult that you think would enjoy having a copy of Life Force, do go out to Amazon, pick up a copy of the book and do go out on Annie's website, AnnieRodriguezAuthor.com. She's got a contact page. Let her know what you think as well and put a comment on the Amazon page too if you do buy the book. If you'd like to learn more about us, we'll have our link links to the podcast and to First Story Strategies and Fox Coaching on our website as well. So there you have it, folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there, have a phenomenal day, be safe and go make a difference. 
and ask yourself a question. Who's who's my mentor? They're out there and sometimes all you have to do is ask. Have a great day, folks. Bye-bye. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.